there's this very um, famous Australian filmmaker named Baz Luhrmann. And in 1999, he released a song called Wear Sunscreen. And it's his advice to the graduating classes of 1999, particularly the graduating high school classes. And his advice was um, wear sunscreen because the benefits of it are enormous. And it just goes into him talking about other advice that flows from that. And I have a son going off to college, graduated high school this year. All of his friends are going off to college and people are leaving home and they're moving on. And they've, re- they've all received some great advice. Graduation, there was the speakers and they gave very empowering advice, very motivating advice. I have my own brand of advice to offer the class of 2022 as they head off to college. And it's spicy. I've got some explaining to do. Let's get into it. Gentlemen, boys and girls, finally an episode you can listen to with your kids, provided they are uh, 17 and up. (laughs) I try to make this uh, clear what we're doing here. I, I, I explain a lot of things. I tell a lot of stories. I explain. I point out things in the news and, and socio-political happenings and cultural happenings and, and racism and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, sexism, religion. I want you to understand what's happening. I want you to get why you should care about this. I can't make you care, but hopefully I open, I open your eyes to why it is important that I'm bringing this information to you, why it is important that you know this information. So share this podcast with your friends and family and let them know that there's this very opinionated (laughs) black lady, Muslim lawyer, suburban single mom with an opinion on everything who wants you to hear what she has to say, who wants you to be more informed, well-informed, who wants you to take action, who wants you to get your shit together. I am available, the podcast rather, is available, because I ain't available on 12 platforms, but the podcast is available, Ayana Explains It All is available on 12 platforms, including YouTube. Now for YouTube, it's not video. What I do is I have a program that takes my recording of the podcast and it turns it into just like video form. And it has the waveform on it, so you can see the little lines bouncing up and down. And so if you don't have access to anything else but YouTube, you can go to Ayana Explains It All, subscribe to my podcast, and then you can have the video. You can watch it on your uh, TV. You can listen to it in your car. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Google Podcasts. I'm on 
Amazon Music. I am on, uh, what are the other ones? iHeartRadio, Good Pods. I'm on so many others, so many others. There's a link tree in my bio if you go to Ayana Explains It All. Ayana underscore explains underscore it underscore all. <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, there's a link in my bio. There's also on Twitter, if you go to my Twitter handle of Law Girl, L-A-W-G-U-R-R-L, there's a link tree in my bio for available spots. Oh, Spotify also and Anchor. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot about my people. I love Anchor so much. I love Anchor and the editing software that I use for my podcast is Descript. I love Descript. Love it so much. Um, if you're thinking about getting into podcasting, find a good hosting website. Anchor is a good place to start. And a Descript um, charges a monthly fee, but it's it pays you back so much in what it can do as far as editing and recording and storing and um, fixing your audio, et cetera, et cetera, that it's amazing. It pays for itself. So again, Ayana explains it all. 12 platforms. Find one that you love the most and settle in and listen to Ayana Explained Everything by the fireside. Hear the fire crackling with your cup of hot cocoa and your Uggs and your <laughs> sweater and your, your cardigan and your, your couch throw and your throw pillows. No, I'm kidding. Um... So today's episode is called Ayana Explains It All, Why You Need a Toolkit. Now, when I went off to college in 1996, I took so many things with me. Like, whoo, so I had boxes and boxes of stuff. My granny gave me a box full of things, um, a sewing kit, uh, what do you call those things like Rubbermaid containers? And my parents gave me things, uh, food and a refrigerator. And I had a little TV, which my roommate hated. <laughs> and sheets, pillowcases and hangers and et cetera, et cetera. But one thing that I took with me that has lasted until this day, although I think my mother has it now. Um, because it's still so valuable, is a toolkit. A toolkit. It was a container, a snap, a container that snaps, the lid snaps. And inside of this container was um, a screwdriver, a pair of pliers, a tape measurer. Um... What's the other thing? It was like the Phillips head and the flat head and some picture hanging things, some little screws. And it was just invaluable. Like I used that thing so much because I was always like, you know, when you're you're in college, you're hanging things on the wall you're, you know, if you buy somebody's old furniture, you probably got to do some tweaking to it. So the screwdrivers came in handy. 
And when I graduated from college, like when I was off on my own, I had gotten married. These were the tools that I used in my home for the longest time. I did not buy any other tools. I just used what was in this basic toolkit because it was just, you know, right there, readily available. All the things you need. You really didn't need anything else unless you wanted to use like a drill. I didn't buy my first drill until I bought my house. And I, you know, needed to upgrade my tools a bit. <laughs> now I have all kinds of tools. I have, a, you know, a LARP, or a LARP uh, LARPing thing for cutting down tree branches. And I have a giant lawnmower and a snow thrower. And I have a, what do you call it? The, the weed, the weed whacker and all that, all that kind of stuff. But I have my drill and I have my sander. <laughs> the orbital one. And I have uh, all kinds of drill bits and screwdriver tips. You know, how you can just change out the tips for depending on the size of the screw. And um, tools everywhere. Tools, nails, hammers, everything. That was the other thing that was in the toolkit. A hammer, a little hammer. And I, had to, I just have these things everywhere. So I've kind of moved past what was in this basic toolkit. But it has lasted because... Nobody never needs these things, right? You always need a hammer, screwdriver, tape measurer, screws, nails. You always need that. No matter where you're living, no matter where you go, you're going to find some use for these materials. And I would even throw a flashlight in there, probably. You're always going to need those materials. You can carry that in your car. You can have it at work, even. I have tools when I... um. I'm still in the office technically, but I have tools there. I always needed tools everywhere I went. These um, bits of advice I'm going to give to the class of 2022, including my own son today, are things that should go in your toolkit. You need a toolkit. You need one that's for fixing physical things, and you need one that is for fixing the mental stuff. There are, you know, anything can go into a toolkit. No matter what it is, you should have one. And the tools that I'm going to give you in your toolkit, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-boys, non-girls, um, people, just people. We're all just people at the end of the day. All of us, we're all people. And there are some bits of advice that people don't really want young, young people to hear because they're harsh. You know, and we, wanna, we tend to want to cushion young people. We want to send them off with positivity and hope and empowerment and, and motivation. We always want to motivate, 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 motivate. Great. That's great. That's wonderful. But if you're sending your kids off to probably another city, another state, another country even, they're going to encounter situations where the, the hope and the motivation and the empowerment is just not going to serve them as well as these hard truths that even some older adults, people in their you know late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, still haven't grasped yet. And the earlier in your life that you hear these things, the better off you will be. 
and you will take these things with you wherever you go, and they will help you to survive any situation you're in. It's fine to be motivated. Great. It's fine to be positive and love everyone and be good. Absolutely. Be good people. But understand that not everyone is going to be like you. Not everyone is going to think like you, feel like you, be like you. Things aren't always going to go well for you. Not everything is always going to be great. And you need to be prepared for that. So here we go. Number one, sometimes people won't invest in you as much as you invest in them. You have a good heart, a big giant heart, you know, you're the opposite of the Grinch. Oh, no, you are the Grinch, rather, right? The Grinch had a heart that was two sizes too big. Well, you've got a big giant Grinch heart, big old heart, big fat heart. You're giving to everyone. You're um, there for everyone. You show up for everyone. You're very loving. You're very caring. You are always helping people move. You're always giving people rides, you know, to and from work, to and from the airport. You're picking people up. You're the one who, who has the car, so you're always doing all the driving. Maybe you're covering meals. You know, you're always paying for lunch. You want your friends to feel comfortable. You want your friends to, to have the same things that you have. You want people around you to feel good about you. You're investing in these friendships or even in relationships. You're investing in these romantic relationships. You're caring and you're loving and you're rubbing their back and rubbing their feet and bringing them lunch to work. And you're giving them words of encouragement and you're propping them up and making them feel so good. You're really you know, their backbone. When someone says, he's my rock or she's my rock, this is what they mean. That person has invested in them so much that the person feels like they cannot fail, feels like they are always going to have someone there to anchor them no matter what they're going through. And that's great. That's wonderful. It's good to be a good person. It's good to invest in people. It's good to mostly, though, invest in yourself. Because what you're going to find is that while you give good and you, you are good, you're not going to see a return on your investment. That is, people aren't going to pour as much into your, your cup as you pour into theirs. And so you will be left wondering why. You'll be very disappointed because you feel like, oh, I gave so much. Why didn't I get in return? Well, nobody has to give you anything. Ain't nobody got to give you shit. What you give is because it's what you're capable of and it's because that's what you want to do. When you give, it should not be with the thought, I'm going to get something in return, although usually that's what people want. They give something to someone because they want to get something in return. I'm so good to the people around me. This Christmas or on my birthday, I'm going to be showered with gifts. Showered. I should just be showered with gifts. And then when you don't get anything, you don't want to speak to people. You want to kick people out of your family. You want to cut off communication, cut off friendships because somebody forgot to give you something. Somebody forgot to say 
happy birthday when you're always saying happy birthday to them. What you do should never depend on what other people do. What you do for people shouldn't be because they're also either going to do it for you or did it for you. We have to be responsible for what we give to people. If we give 100% and they only give 10, hey, maybe you notice that and maybe you stop. Maybe you stop. Maybe you take, give maybe 30 to them and then 60 to yourself. But you will find yourself, if you're a good person, you will find yourself depleted most times. You will find yourself depleted because people use the good person the most. They know the good person is always going to be there. Always. You're always going to show up. You're always going to answer the phone. And that's great. You should be um, for the people you love, for the people who you've, like I said in the past, brought on the ship. You should be, um, you should communicate with them. You should be talking to them, texting them maybe if you want. You should do that. You should do that. Absolutely. But understand that they may not do the same. And you're going to do that so much that you're going to be depleted. People will be good to you in return because that is what they're capable of. And they want you to benefit from it. We tend to hurt our own feelings thinking we mean more to people than we really do or thinking that they're capable of giving to us what we give to them. You want to feel special to people because they're special to you. But you aren't always. Sometimes you are. Sometimes you're not. Not everyone is going to treat you special. Not everyone is going to look at you as being special to them just because you gave to them, just because you helped them with their homework or gave them uh, your study uh, outline. Is that a good thing to do? Yeah, be nice to people. Be kind if that's what you want. You don't have to be nice to people. You do not have to be nice to anyone but yourself. You have to show yourself the most kindness, the most mercy, the most help. Do you have to give that to other people? No. Should you? Should you be kind to people? Yeah. Generally speaking, absolutely. If you want to. This is what we tend to get stuck on is that we have to be nice. We have to be kind. You don't have to do shit. That's what it comes down to. You don't have to do a dang blasted thing. You do these things because you are capable of doing them and because you want others to benefit from them. And in turn, they do what they're capable of that they want you to benefit from. And sometimes things are done for altruistic reasons and sometimes things are done because people want things in return. You'll see that a lot. You'll have to know that. You'll have to be discerning when you're dealing with people. Some people are there doing for you and giving to you just because they want something in return. They want something from you. And you'll have to recognize that. And you'll have to figure out what to do with those people. I personally would kick them to the curb. (laughs) But hey, that's just me. I'm not in it. I'm not in in anything to let people take advantage of me. 
I used to do that. I used to be so giving and caring and loving and blah, blah. Just giving so much to people to, to the point that there was nothing in me. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. I do not do that anymore. I give when I want to. And I want to a lot sometimes. But there are times when I just am not capable of doing it, and so I don't. I'm not always nice. I don't have to be nice. Kindness is something that is earned. Kindness is great, but it's something that's earned. You don't have to go around being kind to everyone. You're not a fucking fairy. You're not the fairy godmother. You're not Glenda the Good Witch. You don't have to go around granting wishes and then talking about it on the internet because you want attention. You don't have to do that. Is it good to, to be kind to others? Absolutely. But you're going to give that kindness and that niceness to the wrong people and you're going to get hurt and then you're going to think that you should not open yourself up to people, especially in relationships. You're not going to want to make yourself vulnerable to anyone else, man or woman, in a relationship because of what happened in the past, because you were so giving and caring and loving in the past and it wasn't reciprocated. People want their reciprocity. If I give you respect, you give me respect. Well, no, respect is earned. Sometimes it's the just by way of who you are, your status, your position. Teachers, uh, principal, mom, dad, et cetera, et cetera. But people will show you that they don't respect you. So maybe you stop giving yourself so much to those people. Maybe you withdraw altogether. It's up to you. You're going to have to be discerning. You're going to have to figure out who is worthy of these attributes that you have. Not everyone is going to be worthy, and you shouldn't go around giving yourself to people who are not worthy. And it's perfectly fine, okay to say no, to stop investing in people. I mean, if you think you're going to get a return on your investment, when you invest in others, you might as well, you know, go give yourself to somebody who's doing a pyramid scheme, honey. You're a sucker. Sorry. Sorry to break it. Sorry to break it to you. You're a sucker. Not everyone is going to give to you what you give to them. And so you're going to have to be discerning and figure out who is whom and proceed in that regard. All right. Number two, listen, someone holding you accountable for your actions is not the same thing as attacking you. Someone holding you accountable is not the same thing as attacking you. Holding people accountable is important, but sometimes it can come across as angry or condescending. Sure. You don't want to be yelled at. You don't want to be cussed out. You're not a child. You don't want to be talked to as if you're a child, especially when you get to a certain age. Teenagers, when they get to a certain age, they're adults, period. That's what they believe. And so when a parent is trying to correct someone who is 17, 18, 19, they get very defensive. Like, I'm an adult now. You can't talk to me like that. And there's a certain way you talk to people when you're trying to correct them. You want to be um, you want to be concise, you want to be persuasive. You don't want to be condescending 
or swearing at them because then they will just shut down. They won't hear anything you have to say. You want them to learn from what they did or you just want people to know that they've hurt you. You just want people to know that their behavior hurt you. There are ways of telling people things, of delivering information that don't see you getting in someone's face, cussing them out, spitting in their face, going, and you did this. But when people are held accountable for their actions, they oftentimes feel that way, even when it's just mild. Hey, Ted, you know what? That thing you did with that piece of legislation, when you said it would be bad for the United States when it actually would be good, and so you voted no. Yeah, I didn't like that. And I'm going to hold you accountable by not voting for you this November. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You have to hold people accountable. The one personality type that always makes it seems like you're attacking them by simply holding them accountable are the narcissists. Sometimes other personality disorders as well. People feel attacked when you tell them how they hurt you. When you try to tell them what they did that made you feel some kind of way. They will feel attacked. They will. But someone, again, hold, someone holding you accountable is not the same thing as attacking you. And some of the people that we might have this confrontation with are in our own families. They may be your parents. People are so scared to hold their parents accountable for their wrongs. And it's weird to say, you know, the person who birthed you and raised you, that what they did to you when you were a kid, whether neglect or trauma or being stern or not showing affection, et cetera, affected you deeply and damaged you. They will feel attacked. They will. They may color you as ungrateful and and say, well, I did the best I could. But that's just it. Your best is not always the best. And you need to understand why and how it wasn't without thinking someone is attacking you. You will know when someone is attacking you. It will be clear. And sure, some people do go in for the kill, but mostly people want you to hear how they are feeling. People want you to hear their pain. They want, to, they want you to hear what you did to them that caused them to be in a certain situation or what you said that affected them. People talk a lot of shit online. A lot. A lot. And opinions differ, opinions vary, etc. And instead of trying to persuade people or trying to present information to them or trying to just hear them, we attack them. We, we attack each other for our opinions. Some of these opinions are very dangerous, yes. But attacking people, it does nothing. It changes nothing. It might make you feel good to call someone a bit a big, fat, stupid fucking idiot. Sure, that feels good. Oh, that felt good right there. <laughs> felt good to get that out. But it does nothing to hold them accountable because they're just going to shut down. They're going to shut down. You call someone a name when you're trying to correct them, they're going to shut down. You start cursing, they're going to shut down. 
men do this especially. Boys are really good at this. They shut down. Emotionally, they just don't want to be bothered. They don't want to hear it. And people tend to think that they're perfect for some reason. I mean, I used to think that I and my shit didn't stink. Didn't stink? Didn't stink. I used to think my shit didn't stink. I used to think I could do no wrong. Because I didn't even know, I didn't even know what the hell wrong was. I didn't know wrong, right, whatever. I didn't know. A lot of kids don't know. A lot of kids just do. They, they try not to, to kill themselves, really. They try not to die. They're just out there having fun, doing their thing, studying, having a good time. If you wake up the next morning and make it to class, it's a good day. <laughs> you know not to do drugs. You know not to drink alcohol. You know, you know not to uh, cross the street on green or whatever. But we tend to think that we're invincible. We're fearless. We can do anything. We have all these people cheering us on. So they must really, really like us. And we can't do any wrong in their eyes. But you can and you will. You absolutely will. And when someone comes to you with that information, you need to humble yourself. Let down your defenses and listen. Now, if they're being abusive in their language with you, then cut them off. You're done. Be like, hey, 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 hey. You don't have to cuss at me to get the message across. You don't have to yell at me to get the message across. I can hear you just fine in your normal tone of voice. People think they have to yell and scream and cuss to get people to understand how they feel. You're not going to understand how I feel if I don't say it like this. If I'm not in your No, I understand perfectly well if you talk to me just like this. None of us is above being corrected. None of us is above being held accountable. None of us. And I would uh, go further in saying that more people need to be held accountable more for the things that they do. People are getting away with so much because we are afraid to rock the boat. We're afraid to say anything to them because we don't want to get attacked. We don't want to be accused of, uh, you know, racism, sexism, ableism, homophobia, fat phobia, uh, whatever body shaming uh religious religious discrimination or where there's so many things we're afraid to say to people to hold them accountable because we don't want to be seen as attacking them or attacking their way of life or attacking their gender or attacking their skin color so okay think about what you're going to say before you say it then think about how you're going to present this to a person before you say it to them. And if they still feel attacked, then that's how they choose to feel. But if you've done every can, everything you can to present the information in a, a calm and understanding and sympathetic manner, then you've done your job. That's it. And people who are being held accountable need to understand that not everything is well I'm never going to speak to you again because you acted like this. That's what we're really afraid of. We're afraid of losing the people around us. We're afraid of losing the people around us because we did something wrong. 
or we said something wrong or we made a, a, a mistake on, on something. You can't be afraid to lose people. You're going to lose people. But being held accountable for your actions is absolutely something that you need to go through. You need to go through that. You need to experience that. And you need to do it without feeling like you're being attacked. Someone correcting you is not attacking you. You've been getting corrected since you were in preschool. Since you could read and write, those little letter grades you would get on your papers, that red marking you'd get on your papers, wasn't your teacher attacking you. It was holding you accountable for your mistakes, for your wrongs. It's been happening to you since you were a baby. And you've taken it. And you've corrected yourself. You've done better. Studied more. Studied harder. Um, listened better in school. Taken better notes. It's for your growth. Number three. And a really, 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 I wish someone had told me this when I was a kid. I wish someone had told me this early in my life. It wasn't until I was probably 40 years old. And you know what? Today is my birthday, by the way. I'll just mention that very quickly. So when I was writing these things out, when I was thinking about them, writing these things out, I'm like, I, I know all of these things by now. But then I'm thinking about when did I know them? When did I know them? Probably not until my late 30s, early 40s. I'm 44 years old, by the way. <laughs> but I didn't learn a lot of these things until late. Until I had gone through relationships and friendships and familial relations and just had very poor interactions with people because of abuse and trauma and things I didn't know and things I should have known and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so the earlier you know these things, the better so that you can save yourself. This is really to go in your toolkit to save yourself. And this one, number three, is really going to save you. It is no one's responsibility to make you happy. No one. No one's responsibility to make you happy. No one's responsibility to make you happy. We hear this so much everywhere. If you want to be happy, you have to seek your own happiness, find your own happiness. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means you have to go inside of you. Inside like in your brain, search your brain for things that would make you happy and not look externally for those things, not use uh, a person to make you happy or a drug to make you happy or um, a material possession to make you happy, not, not use anything outside of you but thinking about what you like to do, what you love to do, what feels good to you that's not going to hurt you, that's not going to hurt anyone around you, and use that to make yourself happy so that when you're out there alone, because there are going to be times when you're alone, 
you know how to be alone because you know how to make yourself happy. You have hobbies and interests and you're in clubs and you, you, you like to work out. You like to play video games. You like to do weightlifting. You like to garden. You have pets that you like to take care of. You have plants that you like to take care of. Or maybe you like to travel or play chess or things of that nature. You have things that you can do to make yourself feel good, to make yourself happy. You don't need anything outside of that to make you feel good. So when a person isn't around you, when you don't have anyone around you, when you're isolated for whatever reason, you can do these things and you'll be fine. And you can share them with other people. You can share your happiness with other people. We tend to want someone or something to fill the empty spaces in our lives. Imagine your life as a giant empty room. And instead of you filling it with things that interest you, that you've done, that you've created, that make you happy, you're sitting at the door waiting for people to come in and sit in the room with you to make you happy, to show you things to make you happy, to show you that they love you to make you happy, to sit and talk with you, to go places with you to make you happy. When you should instead fill the room with your own things. Look at, look, at, look at yourself. What do you like to do? When you go outside and you look at things, what makes your eyes light up? What, makes, what puts a smile on your face? When there's no one around, what are you thinking about? What do you really want to do? I watched a, a, a video where somebody talked about how they really wanted to go to this Broadway show um, I think it was, I don't know if it was Harry Potter or something, some kind of show they wanted to go see. But every time they were in a relationship, no one, their their partner would never, every time they talked about it, their partner would, would never reciprocate, would never respond, would never take the initiative to buy them tickets to this experience, to this show. And so she just never went. And I thought to myself, well, why didn't she just buy the ticket for herself and go by herself? And instead of waiting years to do something she really wanted to do because she was waiting for someone to go with her and do it with her. Like, to me, that is so ridiculous. To me, for me, that is just craziness. That's crazy. You don't put off what makes you happy because there's no one there to share it with you. Is it nice to have people to share these things with? Absolutely. Is it nice to have people to travel with? Sure. But you don't need anyone but yourself to be happy. You want to bring somebody else on board? Great. And those people should fill up your love cup but you should be able to do that on your own. You should be able to make yourself happy on your own. If you need people, that's codependency. That's part of uh, mental unwellness. It's not healthy. It is not healthy. If you need other people to make you happy, you are not well. 
if you need other people to be able to do anything, you're either disabled or you're not well. Or you're either disabled or depressed. You're either disabled or maybe you're on drugs. I mean, there's the, people who need someone. They can't survive without someone. They can't go anywhere. They can't go to the store without, you know, taking somebody along, tagging along. I'm, I go to the mall by myself. I go shopping by myself. I travel by myself. I have plenty of friends who also do this. Travel, you know, state to state to state alone. Go to different countries alone because they want these experiences for themselves because it would make them happy and they're not going to wait for someone else to be ready for them so that they can do this or to pay for it for them so, they, so that they can do this. You do it for yourself. You don't want to be, you know, 50 years old and wondering why you never got to do this thing or that thing and blaming other people for why you didn't get to do it. You want to do it? Hell, do it. You got a job, you got money, you got feet. <laughs> you know how to drive, you know how to, you know, you're, you're able to take a, a, a plane ride by yourself. Just go. What the hell are you waiting for? There is no right time. Things are always going to come up. There's always going to be something coming up. And if you're in college, there's always going to be something. I'm telling you, that's when it starts. That's when the always going to be something you can't really relax time starts. And then when you graduate, of course, people are going to expect you to, to work immediately. You go, it's the, the, the college to nine to five pipeline. <laughs> That's what it is. And you're, you're always going to be working. You, you start working. Some people start working when they're 14, 15, 16, and it just doesn't stop. And so there's always going to be work. And then if you get in a relationship, there's going to be relationship stuff you got to do. And then if you have kids, there's going to be stuff you have to do with your kids. There's always going to be something. You're going to have to stop. Take the time for yourself to unwind, recharge, refill, whatever it is you call it, to make yourself happy. You cannot wait for someone to make you happy. You should not wait for someone to make you happy. What do you think people, I, I feel like sometimes people don't do these things because they wonder what people are going to think about them. Oh, you're a woman traveling alone? Ooh, shudder. Oh, you're a man traveling by yourself? Oh, you must be out here looking for some hoes. Oh, you don't have any friends? What, what, does no one like you? Why are you here by yourself? Because I wanted to see Adele just like everyone else who's here. <laughs> That's my dream, to see Adele in concert. I'm not waiting for somebody to go with me. Absolutely not. I'm waiting for my funds to be available so that I can go. When she finally does her Las Vegas residency. Oh, gosh, I've been to concerts by myself. I, when I was a kid, I never wanted to do anything alone because I thought I would be alone, but I would never do anything alone. Like when I would finally leave my room and go places, I wasn't going anywhere alone. Always had a friend with me. Always going places with friends. Always, 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 all my siblings were with me. Always. I thought I had to have people to make me happy. I thought I needed people to make me happy. 
to experience things. I did not experience life without someone by my side for decades. And I remember the first concert I went to as an adult, because I hadn't been to a concert since I was probably in high school. The first concert I went to as an adult was Kanye West. (laughs) And then it was Coldplay. But I went alone. I went by myself. I wanted to see Kanye West back when he was, you know, okay to see in public. (laughs) And I wanted to see Coldplay. I love Coldplay. Coldplay is my favorite band. Then Fall Out Boy, then Queen. I'm really into rock and roll. But because I'm a, a black Muslim girl who's into rock and roll, I feel like, well, nobody would really understand it. So I don't share it with anyone. I don't care anymore. I share it with people. It's not for you. It's for me. You don't have to be happy that I like this. It's not about you. It's about me. It makes me happy. And I'm going to go to a concert to see whoever I want. And I'm going to go by myself. Oh, my God. You guys can't believe the the blowback Muslim women get when we want to do things alone. Like go to a concert or a sporting match. I've been to a few uh, Columbus crew games. I even saw the U.S. women's national team play a friendly game in Columbus. Columbus, Ohio. I went alone. I went by myself. Uh, and, and someone said to me, uh, my mother, I think it was, oh, you're just living out your youth now, aren't you? I said, no, I'm just, I just want to have fun. This makes me happy. It makes me feel good. I'm not trying to be 18 again, 19 again. No. I want, I don't want to be in my house just being mommy and lawyer and working and taking care of kids. That's not, I mean, I love my kids. I I love my job. Thanks for uh, uh, being something that I can, can hug and, and pay my bills with. (laughs) But my life is a bunch of different stuff put together. And my interests are part of that. And it has nothing to do with me trying to be someone that I'm not. I just want to be happy. And this makes me happy. And I'm going to do it. And I don't care what anyone thinks about it. I do not care. I'm not living for anyone. You should not be living for people. You should be living for yourself, period. Living to make yourself happy. Live to make yourself happy. And if other people want to be a part of that happiness, you want to bring them on, fine. But you don't need anyone else to make you happy. You just don't. And the sooner you understand that, the better off you will be in life. You will have so many experiences that you enjoy, that you love, because you decided you wanted to be happy just for you. You won't have any regrets. You won't look back on your life thinking, wow, I really wanted to go do that. I've always wanted to learn to surf or I've always wanted to be a DJ or I've always wanted to learn to paint or I've always, 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 always. You don't want to be 60. You don't even want to be 40 thinking about that. Just do it. If it makes you happy, do it. If it's not hurting yourself or hurting anyone else, do it. You're going to have to get over what people think about it. You're going to have to let go of what people think about it. That's the major hurdle you're going to find for yourself. 
is you worried about what other people think about the thing that you're doing. And you're going to have to get over it. They're going to get over it. You don't even care if they get over it. They may never get over it. It doesn't matter because it's not about them. Do the things that make you happy. Do the things that make you happy. I like to work out. I have to work out, rather. (laughs) I have to work out. I don't have a choice. I have to get up every day and I have to move my body. I have to do something for my health. I do it alone. I don't like gyms. I don't like going to the gym. I tried a gym back in my 20s. I just did not like that atmosphere at all. It's not for me. So I work out alone at home. I'll go for walks. I'll lift weights in my basement. And I do this by myself. And I don't care. I don't care that people think it's strange that I'm out by myself or that I don't or I don't want to go work out at a gym and be around people and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I do not care. I'm going to do this the way I want to, the way I want to, in a way that's best for me, in a way that makes me happy, in a way that's comfortable for me. I don't need to be around people to be happy. I just don't. I know how to make myself happy. I know how to do things for myself. Should we be interdependent? Absolutely. But first and foremost, independent. Do what makes you happy. Don't wait, don't wait around for other people. If other people want to tag along, great. But if for some reason they decide they don't want to be a part of it, hey, you still go do your thing. Do what makes you happy. Number four. Yes, we finally got into number four. There are seven of these, by the way. I should have prefaced this by saying there are only seven. It's not like there's like, you know, a list of 20 things you should know before you go off to college. Now, there are only seven. So number four. Sometimes you'll work hard and you will not get a reward for it. Oh, children, 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 children. You, you're entering the phase of your life where there are no more badges or stickers or um, scratch and sniff stickers or accolades for the things that you do. You were probably big man, big woman on campus, always getting the cheers and the hoorahs and the oohs and the ahs and the, you know, all the little award ceremonies you, you, you've, um, your parents have a whole folder, a whole box of all your ribbons and certificates and things. And they have videos and pictures of you at your award ceremony and you have trophies everywhere. You're entering the phase of your life right here where all that shit stops. (laughs) And it is going to be an adjustment for you. You're going to go from people loving you and knowing you and calling your name and and people turning to you for your knowledge on things or because of your prowess on the field or in the basketball courts or whatever to people just being like, eh, eh. People not really knowing your name. People not really knowing who you are and not giving a damn either. Nobody gives a damn anymore. Once you get to college, nobody gives a fuck who you are. It's important in your little community where your family lives. You know, you got your big name, blah, 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 blah. When you go to college and then out into the career field, 
No one gives a rat's ass about any of that because we're all trying to get ahead. All of us. We do not care. And sometimes people have an advantage because of their name, because of their connections. Great. Good for them. But most of us don't have that. And we're fighting every day to achieve good things for ourselves and for our families and our communities. And sometimes we're not going to achieve them. We're not going to be rewarded for our hard work. We're not going to be recognized. People are going to pass us over. People are going to look us over. And we're going to have to be okay with that. And if we're not okay with that, we're going to have to move on to something else. You may search the whole world over looking for somebody to um, praise you, to clap for you. You're going to have to clap for yourself. You're going to have to push yourself. You're going to have to reward yourself because those rewards that you think should be coming are not going to come. They're not always going to come. I, uh, I do a lot of um, virtual walk runs. And, you know, they send you the T-shirt and the medal and the bib. And you just go out into wherever your neighborhood or whatever and you do the, the, the run or the walk and you record your time. That's it. There's no people around you clapping for you, holding the banner up for the finish line and passing out water bottles and, 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 and such. There's no one there. And you get a medal. Yay, a medal. Nobody cares. You can post it on your social media and, and people will, you know, like it, love it, whatever, give you a congratulations. But at the end of the day, it was just you out there. You trained for it. You completed it. You did it. And your reward is this little medal. You were out there by yourself. Sometimes it's going to be that. Sometimes it's going to be you working hard to achieve something and no one's going to know anything about it. Nobody's going to recognize you. Your name won't be in the newspaper. You won't be on the news. There are so many things that people are doing now to go viral, to get attention for themselves. Imagine you have to work hard and lie. There are so many things people are lying about to get attention on the internet for this very reason. Because they want to be rewarded for what they do. Because they're not being rewarded. They're not being recognized. People don't know them. They want their product or their brand or whatever to be in people's, na- in people's mouths for people to think about them. So they do these stunts. A lot of people doing stunts to be rewarded for their behavior, to be rewarded for their hard work. They're doing stunts. Because they want to be recognized, because it sucks to not be recognized when you put so much work into something, when you put so much work into your business, into your brand, when you work hard for your employer, when um, you're the best dad and the best mom. You want people to know it. And so I've been, you know, getting into TikTok lately, and there are all these accounts for people um, talking about everything they do every single day in their marriages, in their romantic relationships, with their kids, at their jobs, doctors, nurses, lawyers, teachers, everybody's talking about everything they go through every day because they want to be rewarded for their hard work. They want to be recognized. 
people will say, oh, no, this is to spread awareness and information. No, it isn't. It's so people will clap for you. It's so people will give you kudos. So people will give you love. So people go, oh, oh, my God, I see how hard you're working. You're my hero. You're a hero. Well, maybe you should be on the news. You're a hero. You want to be recognized. You're tired of putting in long hours and people don't know that you're putting in long hours. And why should anyone care? I don't give a fuck that you work uh, 80 hours a week. Why do I care? Good for you. It's not for me to care. Maybe your boss recognizes it and wants to give you, you know, a promotion or a raise. Maybe they won't. Sometimes they will not. Sometimes you'll put so much into a, a workplace and you will get nothing. Nothing. You'll get a little, a little, a little pin, a little lapel pin after 10 years. After 15 years, you're get, you'll get a certificate. You have to decide if that's enough for you. If it's not enough, then you're going to have to do something else. But just understand that just because you want recognition and rewards doesn't mean people are going to give it to you. There are people who are going to do less than you. And their names are going to be big. And, you know, there are social media influencers who work at that for six months and they're making thousands of dollars a month. And you've been at your job for 10 years and you literally only make $500 a week. And they're making thousands of dollars in a month. 7,000, 10,000, 8,000, and they've been doing their job for six months. And you think, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to go do that. Just because you want more money, you want rewards, you want to be recognized, you're doing this for all the wrong reasons. You know that you could prepare for climbing Mount Everest. You can do all the work map it out, have guides, all this shit, all the good, you know, you got your, your, your bag packed and you got all the, the weather related stuff you need. And you've been climbing hills and mountains for 10 years. And so you're ready to tackle the big one. And you get up there. Never heard from, never seen again. You die up there. Body can't be recovered. Does that make you unsuccessful? Because you didn't finish the mission? Are you unsuccessful? Are you unrecognized? Does it matter who you are or what you did because you didn't finish? Only people who finish get recognized. Only people who finish get recognized. Does that mean you weren't successful because you didn't finish? Are your efforts not worth the same as someone who finished? You prepare for a decathlon. Ten minutes before the, the finish line, you pass out and you can't continue. But there are people who finished it. Are their efforts better, more worthy of praise and yours aren't? Who's to say? And if someone says it, what are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do. Just keep trying. You'll just keep trying and trying and doing and doing and doing and working and working and preparing. And maybe you'll be successful and maybe you won't. Maybe you'll finish the thing you, you started. Maybe you won't. 
I did not do this podcast until I was absolutely ready. Absolutely. I had been thinking about this for years. Back when people weren't really into podcasts. Now everyone's into it. Everyone's got a podcast. And it's it's oversaturated. But it's fine. Because there's so many things to talk about. There's so many things to learn about. So having millions of voices out there teaching and learning and speaking and saying and, and helping is great. It's wonderful. But I didn't get into this expecting a giant reward because I knew that there were people out there who were already doing it, who had already made a name for themselves, and they, they have cornered the market, and that's, that's it. But there's no me here. There's no big mouth, uh, black Muslim lady lawyer with an opinion on everything that I can see. Maybe there is. I just haven't encountered it. But I didn't get into this thinking, oh, I'm going to be so famous. Everyone's going to know my name. People are going to be asking about me. People are going to be, you know, coming to my door and sending me things. And, and I'm going to get sponsorships. And I'm just going to be great and famous. and wonderful. No, I did not think that. Do I hope? Am I working for that? Absolutely. I want my podcast to be wildly successful. I prayed for that. I'm putting the work into it to make that happen. If it doesn't happen, hey, oh fucking well, doesn't make me any less successful than anyone else who's doing this. Because I'm also doing the work that they're doing. We're all doing the same work. We're all sitting at a microphone talking. We're writing scripts. We're interviewing people. We're getting guests. We're traveling. We're putting ourselves out there. We're editing, we're, you know, putting hours and hours and hours into this stuff. Some of us are going to be bigger than others. Some of us already have a big name. And so people recognize us like celebrities are very much into the podcasting world. Even though podcasting existed long before celebrities decided to take over. Doesn't mean that I'm not as, as successful because someone else is getting a bigger reward for what we're all doing. No, I'm a success anyway. I'm a success anyway because I'm here. I am a success because I am here. That's it. That's enough for me. And inshallah, if I get more than that, then, you know, alhamdulillah for that. And if I don't, also, mashallah, I'm still a success because I'm here. Not because I tried, but because I did it. There's no trying. There's just doing. You'll do and you'll be successful. You'll do and you won't be successful. But you did it anyway. So yeah, you're a success anyway. Maybe you didn't achieve the goals that you set for yourself, but you're still successful because you did it. A lot of people still sitting around thinking about doing it and not doing it. And there are people who come on and do it for a few months and they're just so popular. You know, they're getting the big contracts and they've, they've, they're, you know, you see their face and you hear their names and they're, they're on TV and they're getting acting gigs and da, 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 da. Fine. Fine. That's their success. That's their path. You have your own path. You have your own path. You could, you know, Look at your, your home life. 
You could give everything to your your spouse, your partner, your kids. Your spouse could still leave you. Does that mean you were not successful? Depends on how you look at it. You could put 10, 20, 30 years into a marriage and a person can leave you year 31. Does that mean he was unsuccessful? Depends on how you look at it. Maybe it is. it was successful for, you know, 31 years. They left year 31. It was successful 31 years. Maybe it wasn't always working. Or maybe they just wanted something different. Maybe it has nothing to do with you. Maybe it has everything to do with you. You know? Maybe you put all this work into a kid to send them to the right schools and have them in sports and band and all this other stuff. And they say, fuck it, I want to go rob stores. I want to go steal handbags from marshals. (laughs) I want to do drugs and, and be an alcoholic. And they end up in jail. They end up in prison. Are you going to be devastated? Probably, yeah. You're going to be so upset. You're going to be so upset. Because you, and I'm using quotes, put all of this work into them, all of this money into them, and shit, they just squandered it. And it, um, I mean, that's, it, that's sad. That's a sad reality for a lot of people. A lot of people, you'll put a lot of work into your environment, into your community, into your job and your family, into yourself, and things will fail. Things will fail. Things will not go the way you want them to. Things will fail. Some things won't work out. Some things won't go as planned. You're not going to make it to the top of Mount Everest. Every time you set out to climb Mount Everest. And you have to be okay with that. You have to come to terms with it. You have to get over it. Put that in your toolkit. You're going to have to come to terms with working hard, loving hard, training hard, and getting no reward for your work, your love, your preparation. You're going to have to come to terms with it. Number five. This is probably going to be very poignant for people who are, um, have very good group of friends. My son has a group of best friends. He has two best friends. We just had their graduation party. Uh, they're going to different colleges, the three of them. And it's like, uh, it's an exciting time because it's a new phase in their lives. But it's also kind of a sad time because it's like, damn, now we have to make new friends. We have to be in a new environment. We have to sleep in a new place, eat different food, live in a different city, have different surroundings. And we're going to have to adapt which means we're going to have to latch on to new people. We might even outgrow, outgrow the people where we came from. You will outgrow places and things and people, and some might outgrow you. 
you will. You know, humans are always moving, traveling. We're nomads. We're going places. We're immigrating. We're moving. We're, we're looking for environments that will support us. We're looking for people in places that will be more supportive of who we are, maybe because of our religion or our sexuality or our gender or our career field, or we're just looking for something new. We've outgrown where we are. We've outgrown the people we've been around our whole lives. We need to move on. It is okay to move on. It is okay. It's tough. It hurts. It's like, you know, you're ripping uh, a, a really old, very sticky Band-Aid off of a wound. It just hurts, my God. But there are some things that can, they no longer serve you. They can't contain you any longer. They don't support you any longer. They don't fill you up any longer. And you feel like you need to move on. It's okay to move on. It's okay to break up with someone. You don't have to cheat on them. Newsflash. <laughs> you don't have to cheat. You don't have to hurt their feelings, although their feelings might be hurt. It's okay to break up. It's okay to move out of your parents' house. It's okay to leave your hometown. It's okay to leave your home state. It's okay to leave your home country. Again, people will judge you for your choices. Their judgment has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. They're scared of losing you. They don't want to lose you. They're going to lose you. They don't want that to happen. Or they don't want you to be bigger than them. They don't want you to get over them. They don't want you to outgrow them. They don't want you to move on from a place because they're still in that place. And if it's good enough for them, why can't it be good enough for you? You think you're better? Then, you know, small town Tennessee, you think you're better than this? You think you're better than small town Ohio? You think you're better than, than the United States? Oh, why would you want to go live somewhere else? There are places that just don't support who you are, what you are, your vision, your creativity, your career field. There, there are places that don't support that. And so you're going to go someplace that supports it. And if you're with someone and it's always a fight, always an argument, or you just, you just want to move on because it's not going anywhere. We want to go places. We want to progress, most of us. Some of us like to be stuck. Some of us like to stay in the year 1970. They don't want to leave their apartment. <laughs> What's that episode of Golden Girls where the guy was... Um, he had been in his apartment since 1969 or some, some whatever year it was. And Sophia and Dorothy were doing the Meals on Wheels and delivering food. And they discovered that this guy wasn't an old person living in this, this old people home or whatever it is, this um, assisted living, senior living facility. He was a, a youngish looking guy who was just stuck in the 60s. He had agoraphobia. The, the, the madness of the 60s terrified him so much that he chose not to leave his apartment. And it was the 1980s and he was still in his apartment. <laughs> and Dorothy, you know, you know, she called herself Dorothy, miracle worker. 
because she was helping him leave his apartment. She wanted so much for him to get out and experience life and move on with his life and see what new things were out there. And she did it in a way that was kind of like rip the Band-Aid off fast. And he was just very hesitant, very hesitant. And eventually, by the end of the episode, you see that he had, that she had opened his eyes and he decided to leave his apartment. But it was scary for him. He had been there for decades. It was scary. He didn't want to do it. And that's how it is. People are uncomfortable sometimes with growth and moving on. They have to move out of their comfort zone. They have to move out of their comfort zone. But that's where the growth happens. Outside of your comfort zone. You're going to have to do something different to achieve different results in your life. You're going to have to meet different people, talk to different people, experience different ways of life, different cultures. Your careers are going to take you different places and you're going to have to be okay with that. You're going to have to be okay with being far from your family. A lot of people don't want to leave their family. They want to be close to mom and dad. They want to be close to their siblings. They want to be close to the place where they grew up. So they graduate college and they go back home. That's fine. Not very exciting, but that's fine. I mean, there are some places, obviously, if you live in New York, you want to go back to New York. You live in Los Angeles, you want to go back to Los Angeles. You don't want to move to, you know, (laughs) you don't want to move to Ohio. Although Ohio has so many great, we have the Great Lakes over here. You know, got Lake Erie, the Lake Erie Islands. We've got beaches here. You know, you can let the water run in the sink. (laughs) There's never a drought. Sure, the wintertime sucks, but it's still a nice place. Still a nice place. If you want to raise a family, come to Ohio. Uh, if you want to have fun, go to California. No, I'm kidding. But uh, you're going to be, have to be happy. You know, you're not going to be the same person every year. If you're lucky, you grow every year. From year to year, like from birthday to birthday, you're continuously growing. If you're lucky. I was looking at my Facebook memories because today is my birthday. I was looking back at my Facebook memories and seeing how I talked about my birthdays in previous years. And in previous years, I had, you know, cakes. I had two cakes a few years for a few years and I had cupcakes and cake. And I was always, you know, celebrating with cake, big giant cake, cake here, cake there, all all. I cannot do that anymore. (laughs) I know a lot more about my health and what my needs are and what's best for me and what I can tolerate. And I I can't do two cakes. I can't do a tray of cupcakes. I can't do a whole box bag of cookies. I can't do it anymore. You know, I'm a healthier version of who I was four years ago. You know, it goes up and down for me, but I still have to keep my eye on things. I got to keep my eye on things. So the two cakes, done. The cupcakes, done. Although I did have pancakes for breakfast. (laughs) That was the one thing I I allowed myself to have. Pancakes and hash browns for breakfast for the birthday girl. Yay! 
but I've outgrown. I've outgrown even celebrations of my birth. I've outgrown it. I celebrate myself every damn day. I do things for myself every day. I told you guys, I work out several times a week. I'm always moving, always doing something. I have this podcast. I have other hobbies. I have gardening. I'm always doing something every day. I'm not sitting around waiting for a special day to do anything. I'm not saving anything for my birthday. I may not reach my birthday, hell. What I want to do, I do it when I want to do it. I'm not waiting for anything. And this was something that I did not know four years ago, even two years ago. But I've grown. And yes, I've outgrown people. I've outgrown things. I've outgrown places. Absolutely. And I had to be okay with it. I had to be comfortable with it. Because growth, it's really for your survival. It is for your survival. And that leads us to number six. Failures and mistakes are a part of life and growth. Listen, you're going to college. It's a big, scary world out there, kid. You're going to make mistakes. It is okay. It is okay. Mistakes, make them, make lots of them, but learn from them. Fail in big ways and small ways, it doesn't matter. You are not perfect and you will need to fail to learn that because right now you're thinking you're hot shit. <laughs> like I said, you were probably the big person on campus. You were probably, you know, had a big group of friends or you had a, uh, a long-term relationship or whatever. Or people on the street know your name. People in your neighborhood know your name, know who you are. You probably think your shit don't stink. And you're going to fail at something. You're going to make a big mistake. And you're going to learn that you are not perfect. You are not um, infallible. You are not impervious to, to pain, to things, to making mistakes, to doing wrong things. You are very capable of failing, and you will. And you'll have to forgive yourself. You'll have to learn from your failures. Because if you don't learn from them, yes, you will repeat them. You will, if you don't learn anything. If you don't stop yourself and go, hey, I need to figure out why I did this, why this went wrong, why I didn't get the um, grade in this class that I thought I should get. What did I do wrong? And you're going to have to correct that because the next class is coming up. The next semester is coming up. The next school year is coming up. If you fail at work, you could get fired. And you're going to figure out why you, you're going to have to figure out why you failed, why it mattered that you failed. Maybe there are thousands of people depending on your knowledge and you're going to have to correct it. Or maybe you're going to get fired. You make one mistake and you're fired. And you're going to have to learn from that. And you're going to have to move on to, to a place that's perhaps more supportive of someone who isn't perfect. You know, if you make a mistake, there's no superhero that's going to swoop in and fix it for you. You ever seen that Superman movie where he uh, flies around the globe and spins it in reverse to keep Lois Lane from dying in that car crash? And then the father goes... 
his his father uh what was it Kalel or whatever he goes it is forbidden for you to interfere with the cults of human history it is forbidden 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 he's like i don't give a fuck i love this woman i'm gonna reverse the earth go back in time to save her life because i love her and i don't want her to die and his dad punished him took his powers away he traded his powers for Lois Lane. For, you know, for the love of this woman. If I'm remembering the movie correctly, I could be re- misremembering because, you know, I'm old. But nobody's going to do that for you. You can't go back in time and fix things. You have to accept what happened. You have to accept what you did. You have to accept your failures. And you have to deal with it. Deal, this is another thing. Deal with your shit. Deal with your shit. Please, for the love of God, deal with your shit. Because you don't want to make those mistakes again. You don't want to take a broken system to a new employer. You don't want to take a broken person to another relationship. You don't want to be a broken person parenting children. You don't want to be an ineffective leader. Grow, learn, grow, learn, grow, learn, grow, learn. Never stop, never stop. People tell you to find your passions early and settle into a a career so that by the time you're 50 years old, you can retire. What if you don't find your passions until you're 40 and you spend countless years failing in other pursuits, many other pursuits, because they were never the right fit for you? But instead of you understanding and realizing that and keeping on, keep going, you just give up on yourself. I can't do anything right. I can't get anything right. I don't know what's right for me, so I'm just going to stand still. It's okay to stop and start and stop and start and stop and start. But stopping permanently is not good. It's not good for you. You will arrive at the thing that's best for you in your life. You will get to a point where mistakes are few, but they will still happen. But they will be few because you learned from your past failures and mistakes. What works, what doesn't work, what to do, what not to do, how to proceed, how not to proceed. Where to enter, where to exit. (laughs) And you've arrived at the thing that's best, that's the best fit for your life, your personality, your skill set that makes you happy and makes you money, that benefits you, benefits your family, benefits your community. And that's it. Are you still going to make mistakes after that? Absolutely. But you'll know how to handle it because you've dealt with your shit. And so you know how to deal with shit. And you absolutely should. Don't let things fester. Don't let things, um, don't put things away for another time. I don't have to think about that right now. Deal with things as they happen. Get it over with. Just get it over with. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for making mistakes. Number one. Seven, no, 6.1 rather. Forgive yourself for making mistakes. Don't beat yourself up. You, and you will. I do it. 
I do it to myself. I do it too. I'm 44 and I still do this. I beat myself up for making mistakes. Not because I think I'm perfect or I'm trying to be perfect, but because I don't want people to see me as broken all the time. You know, we tend to think of something that's broken is the thing that's not going to do the thing right. And so if people see me as broken, then they're not going to want to, you know, love me or handle me or be friends with me or whatever. Or I just think, okay, something in my life depends on it. I have all these things that depend on me. So if I make a mistake, then it doesn't just affect me. It affects all these other people. And so I can't make a mistake ever. But that's not, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to make mistakes and learn from them and do better. How do you do better if you never fail? How do you do better if you never fail? Every time I fail, I try to do better the next time around. And it takes a lot of mental energy. It takes a lot of pep talks. It takes a lot of talking to yourself, a lot of stopping certain behaviors. And some things you won't be able to and you'll need help. Get the help. If you feel like you need help, get the help. Get it. Don't be afraid to say, I need help. I need help in class. I need help in life. I need help in my relationships. I need help studying. Ask for it, get it, seek it out, get it. Don't be ashamed, number one, or afraid. You will be, but don't let it overcome you. Don't let it become you. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it keep you from understanding your behavior and doing better. And finally, number seven. Ah, this encapsulates everything that I've been trying to impart on you people. If you've been listening, not everyone thinks like you or likes you in general. Not everyone thinks like you or likes you in general. In fact, a lot of people can't stand you. And you're going to have to be okay with that. Number one, what did I say? You can't make everyone happy. You're not going to get the investment out of people that you put into them. You're going to fail at things. You're not going to achieve the goals that you set out. You're not going to get a reward for your hard work. So not everyone is going to like you because for those reasons. Not everyone is going to like you. It's not your job to make people happy. So if they're not happy because of you, not because of something you did, but because they can't manipulate you, because they can't use you, because they can't um, get into your head, because they can't play games with you, that is not your problem. And you should not be concerned about that. If they don't like you for those reasons, fuck them. Give them the boot. Kick them to the curb. Kick them. Bye. See you later. Don't be afraid to cut people off who don't like you because they cannot use you. Now, if you're doing something to someone and that's the reason they don't like you, that's different. That's when you need to correct yourself. 
that's when you need to, to learn and grow and do better. But if people don't like you just because, or, or maybe they don't like you because of some immutable characteristic, like your skin color, or they don't like you because of your religion, those things are more major. And again, not your problem. What are you going to do? Not be black? Not be Hispanic? You're going to not be Muslim? Because people don't like you because you're Muslim, black, Hispanic, Asian? No. What are you going to do? Not be from a small town and have a country accent because people make fun of you. People don't like you because they think you're dumb. No. You're going to stop being who you are because people don't like you because of who you are. Hell no. Uh, Please do not do that. Please do not change yourself for people just so they will be happy with you, just so they will like you. Be who you are. You are the result of your upbringing. You are the result of your community that shaped you, your friends who helped shape you. You are the result of so many things, and it is not your job to make sure that anybody out there likes any of it. Only you. You're the only one who has to like it. And this has been Ayana Explains It All, brought to you by Facts, Figures, and Enlightenment. Take care. This episode of Ayana Explains It All was inspired by a post from the Instagram account of Therapy with Maggie LPC. Thank you.